you have your Bibles, go with me to Psalms chapter 100. While you're turning there, let me say happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. If you're thankful, why don't you give them a hand clap of praise today? Amen. So I want to speak to you for a while this morning on this topic. It's called the language of gratitude. Everybody say that with me, the language of gratitude. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word because it's life to us. God, I'm asking you to speak to us, God, and through us today. Help us, Father, to open our ears, God, and our hearts to not just hear but to respond to what you're saying to us, and we'll give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have ever heard the phrase, you need to watch your language? Amen. Some of us had our mouth washed out with soap because of our language. Anybody want to reveal that? <laughs> Stella, I'd have never thunk it. No, okay. <laughs> so, so what happens is sometimes our language gets us in trouble. And even after we become believers, our language can get us in trouble when we're not, when we have not learned the language of gratitude. So if you will, in Psalms 100, I want to go to you. David is writing to us there, and David is speaking to us about how we ought to approach God, how we, how we come to God. And he makes a statement, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now we learned last week, just a quick review last week that that phrase to make a joyful noise literally means to make an ear-splitting sound of joy unto God, an ear-splitting sound of joy and worship. Isn't it unique that David does not, uh, he, 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 when he makes a statement, he doesn't put What's the word I'm looking for? He, he doesn't attach anything to it. Make a joyful noise, all ye lands, or make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, if everything's going good in your life. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord if you got a big paycheck this week. Make, he, he doesn't do that. He's saying we need to learn that when we come before, that, that, that when we come to God, we need to make an ear-splitting sound of joy and worship to him, everybody. Say it with me, everybody. Well, you don't understand. I, I've had a bad week. Everybody. But, but, but I, you know, there's some things. My neighbor hasn't been treating me right. And everybody. See, what we do is we praise God when everything's going right for us. We get excited and, and make a joyful noise unto the Lord when everything is going well. When we've, you know, when all of a sudden we found out that we're the ones that won the $4 million in the lottery. Somebody did. Right here in Murfreesboro. All I know is they don't go to this church or they don't pay tithes, one of the two. <laughs> What are you saying? I'm saying make an ear-splitting sound of joy. We've got to learn how that in the midst of our circumstance to give God praise, not because of our circumstance. Amen? So try it one time. Go, woohoo! 
Well, that's not quite ear splitting, but it's getting there. All right. He, he goes on to say, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now, so to serve the Lord with gladness, the word gladness comes from a Hebrew word, simcha. And it means blithsome and mirth. Now, the unique thing about those words is because when you, when, you look the, when, when you hear those words, I don't know about you, but I had to go into the dictionary to find out what those words mean. I mean, I don't use blissome all day. Oh, you look so blissome today. Now, I, I needed to find out. I wanted to get to the root of, oh, you, just feel, you, you look like you're just full of mirth. I'm full of what? <laughs> mirth. So I had to find out. Everybody say, break it down. So the word blissome means noisy, jo jovial, exhilarated laughter. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, it's, you see, we, we've, here's the problem. It's too many times when people are living their life for God, they look like they lost their best friend. They look, it's kind of like the boy that told a story that his, he, he was in the kitchen and his Aunt Polly was in there and his Aunt Polly had a big old long face and she was looking and just frowning as big as she could. And he walked up to her and said, Aunt Polly, what's wrong? And she said, didn't you know, Jimmy, your Aunt Polly is a Christian. Oh, man, he left the kitchen and went walking through the country. And as he's walking through the country, he saw a donkey out in the middle of this field. And that donkey had a big old long face. And he climbed over that barbed wire fence and walked out there. And he stroked that donkey between the ears. And he said, it's not that bad, Mr. Donkey. My Aunt Polly's a Christian too. <laughs> See, sometimes the way we present ourselves does not present gaiety, right? It doesn't present that we are full of joy and Laughter. All right. On three, I want everybody to laugh. Are you ready? Just look at your neighbor. It'll help. <laughs> what do you, you know, I, I meant when you see somebody laughing, it makes you laugh. I don't know what you were thinking. Okay. Are you ready? On three, are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> That's his fake. There we go in the back. Now, there was some, there was some real back there. Do you, do you know when Debbie laughs, when, my, my, when Debbie laughs, buddy, she's all in. I mean, when we're at the house and she'll start laughing and be, <laughs> I mean, loud, you know. And, and, and then my daughter has like 10 or 12 different laughs. I'm, you can't even tell it's the same person laughing. And I'm thinking, what's up with that? But they, they will start laughing over something that I don't even think's funny. But when they start laughing, they get me laughing watching them laugh. You see, if you want to change the atmosphere, you've got to quit being a, therm or a, a, a thermometer and you need to start being a thermostat. Quit measuring the depth of the room. Quit measuring the circumstance and the situation and make up your mind that you're going to let God change the circumstance and the situation. And you do that by coming before God and trusting him and laughing. Try it one more time on three. One, two, three. <laughs> Oh, it's getting there. So this is, this is what you've got to understand. Don't you know that the devil laughs at you? That he laughs when you're brokenhearted, when you're despondent, he's laughing? Why don't you laugh in his face? 
Why don't you say, it's not over yet, devil. My God's not done yet. And when he gets done, he's going to turn you inside out and every which way but loose. God is a God that knows how to deal with our problems. Everybody say, laugh. Now, the word mirth means hilarity, high excitement of pleasurable feelings, noisy jollity, jollity. Everybody go, ho, ho, ho. Everybody say, be jolly. Come here, Danny. Thank you. Thank you. Now, can I get you up here in a second? Are you able to stand? Now, Rudolph and Dancer and Prancer and Victor. No, okay. <laughs> Turn around here. Are you ready? Now, Danny played Santa for years. How many years? Now, over 20. Over 20 years in the mall. They didn't ask him back just because he had a round belly. They asked him back because he knew how to portray that jolly. Everybody say jolly. Jolly. Show, show him how. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a hand, would you? Thank you. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you need a Santa this Christmas, he's your man. Everybody do it with me. <laughs> See, here's, we have become so accustomed to allowing our emotions to control us. And God did not give you your emotions to dictate to your life. He gave them so you could experience life. That means that you don't let your emotions control you. You control them and you decide that you're going to have a good day no matter what's going on. You make up your mind that when you wake up, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will what? I will rejoice and be glad in it. Some of us wake up in the morning and say, this is a lousy day and I'm going to have a rotten time. Well, that's prophetic because that's exactly what you're going to do. Because your, your life will always begin to move towards your thoughts. That's why the scripture talks about think on whatsoever things are pure and holy and just. This is what God is trying to get to us. If you learn how to get the right words coming out of your mouth, your life is going to move toward those words. Everybody say the language of gratitude. Now, David talked about coming into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise he tells us to serve the Lord with gladness. Now, when we talk about entering into his gates, everybody say gates. The word gates simply means door. So everybody say, this is how you come through the door. And how are you supposed to come through the door? You're supposed to come to the door with thanksgiving. Remember a, a little uh, review of last week, the word thanksgiving in the Old Testament means an extension of the hands and adoration. Remember we did this? Everybody do that. What are you doing? I'm praising God. Do it faster. What are you, I, I mean, think about what would happen if all of a sudden you came into your house and your wife saw you going. <laughs> They're going to think, what in the world? But God gets that. See, when you come, here's what God doesn't want, us coming into his house with our head hung down, and, you know, and... and, and, and Listen, 
The devil knows he is a master manipulator. So even when you feel down, David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. Everybody say, he's with me. Come into his gate. Come through his door. Come on. Come on. Come on, everybody. My goodness, man, I wish I could film that from up here. <laughs> Come into his gate with thanksgiving. Praise him. Extend those hands. Praise him. Come into his court. Everybody say court. You know what the word court is? It's your, your yard. How many of you used to play in your friend's backyard? Did you ever think about that, playing in God's backyard? Come into his courts with praise. The word praise means singing. This is what God's saying. If you learn how to get through my door, I'll take you out back, and we're going to have a time together. If you can learn how to enter into the door, then you're going to find yourself in God's yard. I don't know about you, but man, I had some friends that had some awesome backyards. I discovered some of my friends had pools in their backyard. So I was anxious to get through the door so I could get to the pool. See, we, we think that here's, here's the misperception we have. We think that the only time we're supposed to praise God it's when everything's going right. Anybody can praise God when everything's going right. When you find out how much of God you really have in your life, it's when you're able to praise him when everything's going wrong. <laughs> Come on, turn around, look at your neighbor, and say, shout hallelujah anyhow. P praise him anyhow. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and it says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. This was unique to me because when I got to the word bless, you know, I had my own idea about what bless was. But then when I looked it up in the Hebrew, bless means to fall on your knees in honor and adoration to God. Bless him. See, we, we, we live in a society that is about bless me. But this says bless him. We live in a society that too often we're on our knees begging for God to bless us. But when's the last time we fell on our knees and said, God, I just want to praise you. I, I just want to thank you for all that you've done for me. Bless his name. Everybody say it with me. Bless his name. Now, David talked to us about how to approach God, but Paul instructs us on how to talk to God. How many of you know that you're, the way you talk can get you in trouble? My son became the youngest umpire on the books at 13 years old. And so at 13, he, was, he, he threw adults out of the ballpark at 13 years old. Well, some of that started to try and work its way into our house. <laughs> and so he, he had this, you know, it's, it's not about sometimes always, everybody say, learn the language of gratitude. So I had to set him down and explain to him that you are not the umpire here. 
That's not going to fly here. See, here's the deal is sometimes it's not about what we say. It's about how we say it. How many of you have ever gotten in trouble because of the way you were saying something? When Debbie and I first started evangelizing, we had a 1970, I think it was a 70 or 71 motorhome. Looked like a Frito-Lay truck. I'm telling you the truth, it did, man. If I'd wrote Fritos on it, I'd had kids were chasing me down the street. And so this motorhome, we pulled a, our car behind it. I bought a car rack. You know, car racks, you pull the two wheels up on the rack, and then there's a swivel on it. So, you know, and you, and you strap the car down, and it goes. Someone welded the swivel, so it didn't turn. So the straps were always pulling loose from the wheels. And it was a constant fear that the car was going to come off the rack. So we had to repeatedly check the, the, the straps on the car's wheels. So going down the road, one, oh, one other thing I forgot to mention is we had like glass packs on this motorhome. No, it probably wasn't glass packs. I think the motor or the muffler was just shot. Because going down the road, it'd go. And so you couldn't hardly hear each other going down the road. Well, I'm driving. I'm driving down the road, and I'm, I'm concerned about those straps on those wheels. And I'm trying to get Debbie's attention. Say, hey, check the straps on the wheels. And, and what? Check the straps on the wheels. And she goes, quit yelling at me. And I, I, I see, it wasn't that I, I, I it, there was no ill intent in my heart. It was just that the muffler was trying to drown out my voice, and I had to get louder than the muffler. And what happens is sometimes the circumstances you're in are trying to drown out your praise, and you're going to have to get louder than your circumstance. You're going to have to get louder than what that that's surrounding you. So Paul tries to instruct us on how to speak the language of gratitude. In Philippians 4 and 6, he says, be careful for nothing. And what he's talking about there is don't be anxious. Everybody says, don't be anxious. He says, but in everything, say that with me, would you? In everything. Only in good things. No, it said in everything. It says by what? By prayer and supplication. The word prayer literally in Greek there means worship, and the word supplication means prayer. And so literally what he's saying is be careful or don't be anxious about anything, but take everything to God through worship and prayer. And then he says with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The word thanksgiving here in Greek is unique because the word, I, 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 I hesitate to even try and pronounce it. I think it's eucharistia. And it means grateful language to God. Wow. What's he saying? Listen to what he's saying. He's saying don't be anxious about anything, but take everything to God through worship and prayer expressing to him how grateful you are for all he's already done. But we, we tend not to do that. We tend to drop down 
and begin to complain to God about everything that's going on in our life and how he ought to change it. We start talking about, God, I can't believe you let that happen. I can't believe you did this, and I can't believe you did that. And all the time, God's saying, if you want your prayer to be answered, you're going to have to watch how you talk to me. You're going to have to change your language. You need to practice the language of gratitude. How, How many of you could use a little practice with the language of gratitude. We're getting ready to have Thanksgiving, right? We're going to have a Thanksgiving dinner over there. How many of you have been shopping for your Thanksgiving? How many of you found yourself expressing the language of gratitude when you looked at the price of things? I went into Kroger the other day, and somebody told me you get a turkey over there for like 68 or 69 cents a pound. I picked up, uh, I, there was like one big turkey, and I looked at the price tag. It was $68 and some change for one turkey. I thought, I'm going to rub it. Surely a genie's going to pop out. For that thing to cost that much, how, how could it? And, and so I have to catch myself because if I'm not careful, I'm not learning a language of gratitude I'm learning how to complain, and I'm learning how to be ungrateful and unthankful, and God's not going to move in that. Uh, David said, if you're going to come into his presence, uh, you're going to come through the gate with thanksgiving. Uh, Paul's saying, uh, if you want your prayers answered, uh, you need to learn how to express gratitude to God for all he has done. I mean, just think of it naturally. If I walk up to my wife and I, and, and I start sweet-talking to her and I say, baby, you are such a good woman. Man, you, I mean, I love you so much. You are the tops. I, is there anything I can do for you? And, and, and baby, you, you know what? You are the best cook I've ever seen in my life. And Oh, babe, if you, if, if you could just make me some of that breakfast like you do so well. Those eggs getting ready to hit the frying pan. But if I get up and I say, hey, woman, <laughs> you think I'm kidding, man. We were preaching a revival. This kid was, how old was that boy? Four years old or something? He was three, three years old. We're sitting at the dinner table, and he's talking to his mom, trying to get her to pass some bread or something. And he goes, woman, pass. And I'm talking. You know what I did? I looked over at the man. Because I thought that boy didn't pick that up on his own. See, we're never going to teach our children about being grateful to God if we aren't grateful first. Everybody say grateful. Sometimes, you know, when I was going to Russia, I was trying to learn the language. And sometimes learning the language is not easy. I was, you know, I was going through a tape and listening to a tape and, and trying to get it all right. And, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm practicing all of this. And the one word that, that I had down and the one word that my wife had down was yeni pani mayo. It means I don't understand. <laughs> and so just everywhere you go, it was yeni pani mayo, yeni pani mayo, yeni pani mayo. You got to practice the language. 
before you can get it mastered. Everybody say practice. Now, look, here's the thing, is that if we don't learn the language of gratitude, we're going to wish we had. Matter of fact, let me show you this clip. This is is how God had to teach a man to learn the language of gratitude. Throw that clip up if you would, the, you know, the... That happened. But they are not the first ones to get swallowed by a whale. It's okay. They got spit out. Jonah has been instructed by God to go tell some folks he don't like to repent or God's going to destroy him. So all of a sudden, Jonah gets to thinking, God's going to destroy you in 40 days if you don't repent. So I'm not going to tell you nothing. (laughs) Jonah takes off the other direction. Here, God has instructed Jonah to try and show these people his mercy. And instead, Jonah withholds the mercy of God. Won't share the mercy of God with them. He forgot how thankful he ought to be for God's mercy. So when he takes off the other direction, God gets his attention, prepares a whale, fish, swallowed him up. Now check this out, man. Jonah is in the belly of this whale, and this is what he says. This is Jonah 2.9, but I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. What's he saying? He's saying, look, any thanksgiving I give right now is going to be a sacrifice because I'm not thanking you for the situation I'm in. I'm thanking you in spite of the situation I'm in, knowing that in this case, I'm in this situation because of my own choices. Whoa. See, we want to blame God or we want to blame the devil, but sometimes it's right here. And so God has to get Jonah in a place where he is reminded of God's mercy, where he's reminded of the grace of God. Listen to what else he says here. He says, I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. The word vowed there means promised. And then he says, salvation is of the Lord. Jonah was trying to play God and pick who got saved and who didn't get saved. You ever been there? Where all of a sudden, somebody that's been a rascal in your life, somebody that's always treated you ill or been bad to you, they all of a sudden, things start falling apart around them. And and I mean, they're going through it. And instead of praying for those folks, 
<laughs> they getting what they deserve. I'm just going to sit back here and watch them get wiped out. That's what Jonah was doing. And Jonah was a well-known prophet. All of Israel knew him. And when Jonah finds out that God wants to extend mercy to Nineveh, he hides the very mercy that he'd been extended. He doesn't want to share it. He's playing God. But now that he's swallowed up in the belly of this whale, he's going, man, I, I, I've got to... And he, he, come, he, he comes to himself and he, he says, I'm going to thank you, Lord. I, I thank you for all you've done. And, and I realize that I'm I'm going to do what I promised. I'm going to declare your word to others. I'm going to share your goodness with them because salvation comes from you and not from me. How long do you think it would have taken Jonah to figure that out once he got swallowed up? Like probably 30 seconds or less, right? Three days. He's in the belly of that whale for three days before he finally utters those words. Isn't it odd what we allow ourselves to go through because we are fixated <laughs> on some other individual or what somebody else has done, and it's not about us and them. It's about us and him, and we've got to learn how to let that go and, and then just trust God. He's in there for three days. And after three days of that, have you ever eaten something that didn't agree with you? When he finally utters this, when he finally makes this statement and he says, I'll sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. When he learned the language of gratitude, the scripture talks about that immediately the Lord caused the fish to vomit him up. And the fish was never so happy to get rid of that that made his stomach so upset. How many of you have ever been or don't? point fingers how many of you have ever been around someone that just kind of made you feel sick to your stomach you know what I'm talking about it was like you, you, you're hanging around and, and all of a sudden and you think man I just did you ever get something in your mouth that had a bad taste to it have you ever eaten sunflower seeds and one of them's bad you know, you're sitting there eating those sunflower seeds and they're really good and all of a sudden you get a hold of one that's rancid and it's like I think that's what that whale was doing. <laughs> Spit him up and kept trying to get the aftertaste out of his mouth. Because I'm telling you, when we don't practice the language of gratitude, we really get a bad taste in God's mouth, right? And it, not just in God's mouth, but in one another's mouth. Everybody say, be grateful. Be thankful. So, but just like we have to learn any language, you have to relearn how to do that. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to stand with me for just a second. Yeah, go ahead. And, and I want you to turn and I want you to look at somebody. Now you, you, you may have to do this a couple of times, but look at someone. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to think of three things that you're grateful for. And I want you to express it to them in words that will cause them to believe you. 
You know, it's not like this isn't, this exercise isn't like when we were kids at home and we got into it with our siblings and mom and dad said, you say you're sorry. I'm sorry. No, I, I want you to be convincing. I want you to stop and think about all that God has done for you. You say, Pastor Rick, you don't understand what I've been through. I understand this. You're here today. You still got your mind. You're here today. You've got something to be thankful for. You've got something to be grateful for. I thought about those times in my life when I, it's just, there's like a default mechanism in us, or I can't speak for you, but in me, that we, I tend to lean quicker to complain than I do to be thankful. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. I'm not running them down going, thank you. Thank you. I'm usually laying on horn. What's wrong? Instead of being grateful that that truck didn't hit me, I'm complaining about how close they got. I woke up about five o'clock this morning, went into prayer. And I was praying, and this is what I heard. You know, you've heard me say a lot of times that this isn't about, that, that it, it, it's not about us, it's about Him. I was praying this morning, and this is what I hear God speak in my spirit. And I was trying to figure it out at first because I, I, hear, I hear these words. It's not about me. It's about me and you. And I, 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 I kept praying. I thought, what are you, what are you saying, God? And then it, it dawned on me. God is saying, this isn't about me. I'm God regardless of whether you believe or not. I'm God. Your believing in me isn't what gives me my power and my strength. I'm God all by myself, whether you choose to believe or not. So this isn't about me. It's about me in you. In other words, what he was saying to me is this. He's saying, you know, you can do whatever you want to, and I'm still going to be God. You, you can serve me, and it's not going to help me be God. You can choose not to serve me. It's not going to stop me from being God. I'm just God. But the only hope you have is me in you. The also, this isn't about me. This is about me in you. The only hope you've got, the only way you're going to be able to overcome is not just to believe. You're going to have to open up your heart and let me inside. You're going to have to lay down everything you've learned, lay down everything you've thought, and just surrender. And man, when that hit me, I, start, I, I, I thought, God. Help me surrender. Found myself praying last week, God, help me be kind. Teach me the art of being kind. Because I didn't learn that as a child. I didn't learn about 
being kind. I, I didn't learn about how to speak the language of gratitude. And I realized that this is something I've got to exercise myself in because it, what you don't exercise, you lose. Remember Arnold? I'll be back. I saw Arnold a few years ago. Well, I, not personally. Somebody snapped a picture of him on the beach. Didn't have a shirt on. I could tell it had been a while since he'd worked out. Everything was kind of saggy and hanging. And I thought, really, Arnold, you just let yourself go? Looked in the mirror. Never mind, Arnold, never mind. See, sometimes we're always quick to judge someone else, but we're, we, we forget to judge ourselves. And so this Thanksgiving season, what I'm asking you to do is exercise the language of gratitude. We're going to do it right now. You ready? As you look at your neighbor, I want you to say three things that you are sincerely grateful for. And let them know it, and then, then you repeat it, what you're grateful for back to them. So on the count of three, go ahead and do it. One, two, three. Do it, do it, do it. Just find somebody and tell them. Just tell them what you're grateful for. Let me, make a believer out of them. Don't, if they're looking at you and going, oh, I don't think I believe that. Come on, make, make a believer out of them. Let them know what you're grateful for, how grateful you are. You know, I'm grateful for this church. <laughs> Not the building itself. I'm grateful for that too. But the people that make it up. I'm grateful for the relationships that we've made over the last 10 years and how we've come close together and how, what God has done in your lives and in our lives. I'm grateful for all the people that have been saved. I, I'm grateful for all the people that have found miracles in this building and God has healed them and set them free. I'm grateful for all those things. So the next time before I start to ask him for anything else, I just want to remind him. Thank you, God, for all you've done. Thank you for all you mean to me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that there's going to be cranberry sauce on my table. That there's enough, that there's a turkey in my freezer. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That turkey may be $65 at Kroger, but I got one in my freezer. Thank you, God. And if I don't have a turkey, a chicken will work. And there's a lot of chicken passed out here a few weeks ago. So I know everybody got some chicken at their house, right? Say it with me. Grateful. Thankful. Huh? Blessed. So we're going to pray here. And when we pray here, we're going to pray for the food over there. So when you get over there, you can let them know we've already prayed here. So you can go ahead and get in line and start getting some turkey and all those things. Just make sure there's some left. Or I'm going to have a hard time practicing the language of gratitude. No, we, got, we, we need to be thankful, right? Everybody say thankful. Why don't we just raise our hands and right now let's tell God how thankful and how grateful we are for all that he's done. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love. 
thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for your mercy and your goodness. And we just ask you to watch over us, keep us in order our steps in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to pray for JC. Come on up. This has been a long, hard road for everyone, for parents as well as this young couple. It's been a road of repentance. It's been a road of redemption. And it's getting ready to be a road of celebration. JC's going in. They're going to deliver her baby. Is it Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday morning. We're praying for a healthy, happy baby and a healthy, happy mama. Amen. So stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Father, we thank you for your hand on her life. We ask you, God, to, Father, watch over this child, God. Make this baby healthy. Make him happy, whole, in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, for Isaiah, God. Lord, you strengthen him, God, and lift him up. Lord, let us walk in Thanksgiving. I'll see you at the live stream.